This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. All right, so we're about to get into a Bobby cast. It's rare that I have to come on and warn you about explicit language because it's not for me. I don't curse. And Mike D really didn't curse. No. Um, Which, by the way, this sounds like I recommend a podcast to you, which is not on the Nashville Podcast Network, but... What's that music podcast I like? Disgraceland? Disgraceland. It's so good. Uh, and sometimes he comes on and goes, hey, this is a tough one to listen to. <laughs> He's like, there's violence and uh, there's, it's sexual nature and it's tough. And then it's like, and now let's talk about James Brown. <laughs> it's a fantastic podcast. Not on the Nashville Podcast Network, but just one that I, I love. Some great episodes. Yeah, there. some really good ones. Um, so um, I'll just give him a free plug there, but that's what he does in some of his. Did you ever hear the rapper one about the guy, the cannibal? The cannibal, cannibal rapper? No. Good God. That one gets graphic. It's crazy. Um, okay, so we do later on in this play a movie scene. And in the movie scene, there are a lot of F words. And so just a heads up that inside of a clip you're going to hear, I don't know how far into it, but it has to do with Eminem. I don't want to spoil the episode, but you'll hear the F word a lot. And so if you have uh, baby ears, eh, maybe it's not for you, but it's only real, it's only time. Listen, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. All right, so here you go. We're about to get into episode 187. It's music podcast. And if you do like these kind where we don't bring on a guest, let me know. We'll, we can do more of these always. Um, easier scheduling for Mike anyway. Uh, but, yeah, here we go. Songs that peaked at number two. Uh, episode 187. Check out Get Real with Caroline Hobby. Speaking of good podcasts, uh, she has a great one. A lot of uh, the wives of country music stars given a different perspective on on even the country music star himself but mostly she's talking to just strong women. Some of them just happen to be wives of country music stars. Uh, some of the country music stars probably wouldn't be country music stars without their strong wives. Um, and, and also, it's not all just country music wives. I think Katie Cook from CMT has yeah. a really good one where she's telling crazy awesome stories from, I think, her 20 years at CMT. Um, so check out Get Real with Caroline Hobby and Amy's podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown. It's quite amazing. And I think we'll leave it at that for now. Here you go. Here's the next episode of The Bobbycast. Welcome to episode 187. 
And this will be a musical history podcast. That's something interesting. Songs that peaked at number two. And not just that, which I do think is interesting. But a, a Mike added wrinkle. Songs that kept them out. Yes. Because I remember I reached out. I was like, hey, let's do songs that peaked at number two. Because um, a lot of times we talk about on this podcast with a lot of the songwriters or artists. Oh, man, the big song, but only got to two or to three. So we should do a whole podcast about that. And then you said, yeah, but we also will put the songs in that kept them out, which I think is very interesting. So uh, we'll do some of that. Country and pop, some songs that famously peaked at number two, and they were so close to being number one, but there was either a song that was just dominating in front of them or a song that shot up behind them to take number one. Uh, and, uh, Dustin Lynch was in recently, and we were talking to him about Cowboys and Angels, Cowboys and angels. which is, you know, until Small Town Boy was his career song. And it was his first song, but he just could not hit number one, as big as this song was, because there was an even bigger song from a slightly more established artist, Jason Aldean, who had Take a Little Ride. So that's one, a pretty recent one, and uh, check out the Dustin Lynch Bobby cast, but that's one we are talking about there. So we're going to start back, and these are some you know, big, famous songs. Again, they only peaked at number two. And we'll start with Elvis. 1962, Can't Help Falling in Love was not a number one song. And this is one of Elvis' most famous songs. One of his most commercially successful songs. But it never actually hit the top of the charts. It stayed at number two behind one of my favorite bands of all time. Joey D and the Starlighters. Is their name? Yeah. <laughs> And a song called Peppermint Twist. Never heard the song. Never heard it before, so I put it in. Yeah. It's like the Get Up before the Get Up was written. Yeah. It was like the 1960 version of the Get Up. It really is like a, a Cupid Shuffle. The Get yeah, Up. Dance. The Peppermint Twist. That kept Elvis Presley out of the number one spot, 1962. Also in that year, 1962, uh, Patsy Cline, Crazy. Crazy. I'm Not crazy just even her most iconic song, but really one of the most iconic songs in country music history. And I would say even outside of country music, this song is so big. It was beaten by a doo-wop group, the Marcells. And here's a song that was number one that kept Patsy, Patsy Cline out. Here is Heartaches by the Marcells. Never heard that one. And I love the oldies channel. When I was a kid, I listened to a lot of oldies. You know, when I was 12 or so, my mom remarried and she got with my stepdad. We listened to Cool 95 all the time. And so this 50s and 60s, and it's really how I got into classic rock too. Yeah. But I never heard this song. I heard the Marcells, not this song. Yeah. What else do the Marcells have? Um, if you search them up, like what's their number one streamed song? It better be good. It is. Oh, yeah, Blue Moon. That's what blue it is. Blue Moon, Blue, Blue. Yeah. Blue Moon. You got me singing. What movie is this from? Is it Back to the Future? Is it in Back to the Future? It's in one of those where it's like the song that's playing in the background as there's a big romantic scene happening. Blue. Yeah. Well, 
It wasn't even this song that kept Patsy Klein out. I know. It was one we never heard of called uh, Heartaches. Uh, Kenny Chesney had back-to-back number two songs, which is pretty crazy. Uh, big Star. She was a big star at Banana Joe's bar where she sang karaoke every night. She said if you This is uh, March of 2003, and it did not hit number one because Have You Forgotten by Daryl Worley was in the number one spot. Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire? Oh, it was a 9-11 song, huh? Yeah. That would be why. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because this song, this Daryl Worley song, doesn't get played ever, and that, but that's why it was such a time, time-sensitive song. How about that? And you say we shouldn't worry about Bin Laden. Have you forgotten? You know, I was watching. Maybe it was CNN. One of the when they do those decades, and I was watching a whole thing about music that happened after 9/11. And, you know, they talked about Toby Keith. They talked about that song, too, and how country music was really the genre that put out a lot of the music that was like, yo, we love America, whereas a lot of the other formats didn't as much. And they featured that song, now that you mention that. Kenny Chesney also had another number two song, which, by the way, is a massive song. Uh, Here is No Shoes, No Shirt, No Problem. No Shoes, No Shirt. This is later in the same year, by the way. Kenny's got another number two, waiting to go number one, and it wasn't a 9-11 song that was blocking him out. It was another, like, no shoes, no shirt, no problem song. It was It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere from Alan Jackson and Jimmy Buffett. So, another beach song. Five o'clock somewhere. In 2005, Sugarland had Baby Girl. And this is, by the way, they were still a trio at this time. Yeah. And now you may know Sugarland because it's Christian Bush and Jennifer Nettles. But the trio of Christian, Kirsten, and Jennifer Nettles, they never made it to number one with Baby Girl. And it's still a favorite. I still love this song. Sometimes Christian will play in songwriter rounds. And I'll, and I'll play with him before. And, we, and he'll play this, but he'll play it when he sings it. He does it so good, too. Uh, it was beat out by That's What I Love About Sundays from Craig Morgan. I like that song. It's crazy that that one beat out that Sugarland song, though, because I think the Sugarland songs had long, longer legs, don't you? I think so, yeah. Like people still know, it. and maybe because Sugarland got to be massive, and so their songs seem a bit more massive. Uh, we we'll go to 2009 now. As a pop song, Lady A had crossed over, and Need You Now was number one country for four weeks, but it crossed over to pop, and it was so massive. But it was a number one. It was a number two song for two weeks. And it was actually beat out by two songs. So here's Need You Now, which, by the way, I would recommend going to listen to that Dave Haywood podcast. That's a good one. Because he does talk about the story about how, one, they almost didn't cut the song. Two, they didn't want it really as a single. And I think 
in the end, the album ended up being named that too, right? Yeah. Like it was they, just a, a thing on their iPhone they had recorded. And they're like, hey, let's use that song. Yeah. So this is a number two song for two weeks on the pop charts. Two songs blocked it out. Tayo Cruz, Break Your Heart. I know this song. I haven't heard this one forever. I know. This is like when I first started interning for you. This wow. song played like every single hour. Boy, this one not, did not hold up well, though. No. And then Rude Boy by Rihanna. This is a jam, though. Come here, Rude Boy, boy. Look at how tall Rihanna is, will you, Mike? I remember meeting her whenever she was just starting. I, I did read, too, she's the richest female in music now. Um, maybe she made more last year than anybody else. Because I can't imagine that she has more money than Taylor Swift. But she's got to be at least 5'8 or 5'9, right? She is 5'8. Okay, because in Hills, she was as tall as I was. And I was like, man, Rihanna is tall. And see, uh, Google that story and see where it says Rihanna richest. Just see what comes up. A $600 million fortune. She has 600 Oh, she may be just the richest period then. Yeah. What is it? Is there a news story recently that came out about that? There was a Forbes article on it. And her. what does it say? How she became the world's richest female musician. More so than Taylor. Yeah, because she has like that whole fashion line now. She hasn't put out music in a while. Google Taylor's net worth. I want to say it's like 500000 Not 1000 million. A million. 500 million. It is... I'm stunned... That Rihanna has more money than Taylor. Three hundred and sixty. Wow, almost double. And again, probably not totally accurate. Whenever you Google someone's net worth, you got to understand they don't know what people are making really, unless the person has done an interview with Forbes and has actually talked about how they have their money and what they've made. Like they may own seventeen Papa Johns and sixty-three burger joints. And they're making a ton of money off that, but you don't know that. They may have invested wisely. Um, I have some friends that are athletes that you'd look them up and you go, oh, they're worth you know, a couple million bucks. But what they did with that money when they first got it is they invested it into some crazy good stuff. And that's what, they made more money doing that than what they did actually playing ball. But uh, are you surprised Rihanna has more money than Taylor? That is pretty surprising. And that's a lot of money. Oh, it's the level of... That's like, yeah. You don't even know what money is anymore. Meaning... I don't think it factors into your life. If you have half a billion dollars, you probably just come and go as you please. Yeah, she has more money than Madonna, Celine Dion, and Beyonce. Wow. And you do what you please. You don't look at price tags. And if you want a house, you probably just go buy the house. I, I, did you see the story about Aaron Spelling's mansion up for sale? Oh, yeah. Is it like $100 million? Yeah. <laughs> it's a house. For $100 million. And really, if Rihanna wanted it, she'd go buy it. It's an impulse buy. It's like me buying Skittles, walking out of Target. $120 million. That's what the house is? Yeah. Jeez. All right, songs that are number two. Luke Bryan, That's My Kind of Night, went number two in 2013 on the country chart. And it never hit number one because a brand new artist had a first number one of his career, and it was Thomas Rhett, Goes Like This. And this song reminds me of moving to Nashville, man. <laughs> you weren't here yet. No. 
Well, I was. This is right because we we moved here in 2013. Like I consider April 1st of any year to be kind of our anniversary. I think we we actually moved here in late February, and I was living in a close to where I live now. I was living in a, a tiny corporate apartment. It was already furnished, and it was one tiny bedroom, a tiny kitchen, and like a half of a living room. But it had the furniture, and I didn't honestly I didn't need any more space. And so it was freezing cold. It was winter. It's February in Nashville, and I was like, what? Did I just get myself into? Didn't know anybody here except for my friends who also didn't know anybody here, but they were all adjusting to their lives with people, meaning Amy had a husband. They were figuring it out. Um, Lunchbox was kind of bouncing back and forth. He had a girlfriend, which I don't even know if they were engaged They weren't yet, no. Yeah. Eddie and his wife had kids, and they were all trying to get over here, and I was just up at that radio station. 14 hours a day, every day, trying to get ready for the show. And I was like, man, uh, I remember thinking, this show's either going to be the greatest thing to happen or the worst thing to happen. And I think people still uh, are having that debate about our show. But I was like, man, it, I feel like we can really do some damage here in a good way. Like, be the first show that doesn't come on. And I remember CBS um, this morning coming to do a story. They were like, the first country DJ <laughs> who doesn't wear a cowboy hat or a belt buckle or own cowboy boots. And that was, my, that was the whole rap they gave me for like the first two years. That's never even a thing anymore. Like, it doesn't even get mentioned anymore, right? No, you don't wear cowboy boots. Yeah, never. Because <laughs> I don't think, first of all, you have to, our audience on the radio is probably 65, 35 female male. Um, and I would say most of our female, or most of us every morning are wearing cowboy boots. I think most of the dudes that listen aren't wearing cowboy boots every day. But I think there's a, a kind of a, a need to overlook the part, like to be a character of some sort. Yeah. If you're like, you're in country, you got to be extra country. Cowboy hat, belt buckle. All of it, because there are those guys. And sometimes they turn into that guy. Sometimes they are that guy. Sometimes they turn into that guy. And I was like, I'm never going to turn into something I'm not. I remember the first time I played hip-hop on the radio, I thought you thought the world was in <laughs> We did the Friday morning dance party, and I played some Biggie, and, I, and every program director I called at the same time it pissed off. Um, that was a fun time, 2013. It's when we came to town. I was like, man, here goes nothing. Uh, Little Big Town in 2014 went to number two with day drinking. All right. I remember this album came out. I was with them when the record came out in New York. That's where I found Girl Crush because the Girl Crush was in a single, and this song was going for number one. It didn't get it. And I played Girl Crush, and then the, the whole rest of that story's history. But um, that song, Day Drink at Number Two, was beat out by Keith Urban, Somewhere in My Car, and Somewhere in My Car never let it up. Which one of those things held up more? I'd say probably Keith Urban. You think so? I, I do think it's close, though. Yeah. Like, I had to think about it. I'd probably lean Keith Urban as well. But you could convince me otherwise. I bet that's still a big one for Little Big Town on their shows. Yeah. Uh, by the way, they released Girl Crush next. 
And with all the massive success that I had, it peaked at number three only. Yeah. And that's because some stations just wouldn't play it. And when you're not getting some spin somewhere, it can actually affect the bottom line in the end. Song only hit number three. But was is their biggest song. Like, make no mistake, that's their biggest song. Yeah. Regardless of 2-1, it doesn't matter. And by the way, if you write a song in country music, uh, relatively speaking, anytime it's 5, 4, 3, 2, or 1, it pretty much makes the same amount of money. There are cases where that's not the case for, like, the songwriter and the publishing. But for the most part, top five hits that that level of spins. That I didn't know that. Generally, they make the same amount of money. I thought there was, like, a bonus if you hit number one. No, there is no bonus. You don't get employee of the month. No. Uh, Tim McGraw, 2014. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back of honest. Number two. Who's that single with Tim McGraw? Do we know? Faith Hill. Oh, is it? Yeah. That was blocked out in 2014 by Luke Bryan's Play It Again. I'm going to ask you the same. Which one do you think is bigger right now? I'd say Tim McGraw. Ooh, I'd probably lean Luke. For this song, really? Yeah. It's close, though, because Luke has actually had more number ones in uh, recent time Mm -hmm. than Tim has. So... Maybe you could say that that's why the Tim song sticks out for him a little more. Yeah, so he, like when I look at his list of songs, that was like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Mm. Uh, 2016, Sam Hunt hit number two with Break Up in a Small Town. And this song, I remember Sam came in and played it acoustic once. And every, every, everyone thought uh, that he was like, he was messing up. Because he was talking. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I went down the street. And he starts singing. But I remember the first time he came in, because we were pretty early on Sam, like being big Sam fans. And he would come in, and, and I believe there's talking, right, in this song? Yeah. Yeah, where he's like, yeah, and then uh, she died on the street, she ran a stop sign, and all of a sudden she got pulled <laughs> over. And he starts singing. And, uh, here, I'll let it play for a second. For a while, I guess they were keeping it low key. Yeah, and so whenever he did this, when he was playing it live the first time, before the song had come out, we all thought he messed up and was like talking to us. <laughs> we were like, what? And then he goes singing again. We're like, oh, that's interesting. He was playing at uh, Dave and Buster, Sam was, and Raymundo was introducing him. Oh, yeah. And Raymundo fell off the stage. <laughs> Sam, Sam was just a, a, a guy trying to make it. And Raymundo was introducing Sam Hunt at Dave and Buster's, and Raymundo fell off the stage. <laughs> and that was the big story of that show. Not that it was Sam and Sam blew up, but it was that Raymundo fell off the stage. This song went number two. It's blocked out by Home Alone Tonight uh, from Luke and Karen Fairchild. All right, Mike. Which one of these? Oh, Sam Hunt for sure. Yeah, Sam Hunt for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. And I think that was just really Luke being just a massive superstar, more so than that song being a better song. I think when Sam still plays Break Up in a Small Town, the place goes nuts. Yeah. I don't even know if, I don't know Luke's set list. I don't know if Luke plays that song in his shows. And if so, who does he sing it with? You know, it's that kind of thing. 
This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this. Take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Uh, Devin Dawson, All On Me in 2018. Went number two. It's funny because the last three of these have been either Luke being number two or Luke blocking. Yeah. And this is another Luke one. So Devin Dawson went number two last year with his debut single, All On Me. He was beat out by Luke Bryan. Most people are good. I believe most people are good. And this is not even a question. This Luke song is still massive. Yeah.
go over to the pop world. Uh, these are all number two songs that were beat out. It just never hit number one. Uh, Missy Elliott, Work It, 2002. By the way, has the record for the most weeks at number two. It was at number two for 10 weeks. Jeez. That's the record for the longest running number two that never hit number one in the history of the Billboard Hot 100. It was blocked by Eminem's Lose Yourself. God, what a time. Two all-time songs. First of all, when Work It came out, I remember being 2002, college, people being like, not even know I don't even know that I knew what that meant at first. But what it is is when she goes, take it, flip it around, reverse it. That's just then she just does that with that lyric, right? Yeah. Put my down and then put my thing, flip it down, reverse it. That's all that is. Just flipped around. And everybody's like, oh my god, what is she saying? Is she talking to Satan? Is it? But yeah, that I mean that song was the jam. And then Eminem freaking lose yourself. The movie in college, we used to just turn on and watch the final scene where B-Rabbit goes, I'll take me down. There's no need for you to do that. You like 8 Mile? Yeah, great movie. I wonder if it holds up. You seen it on like TV the other day. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I think it still holds up. Then it gets another question as... Uh, does it still hold up because we liked it then? Probably. And if someone watched it today, would it still hold up? I don't feel like it's a movie you go back really and tell people about. Like I made, I, I put it on Eddie's list. It's true. I was like, dude, you have to watch it. He Miles. hasn't watched it. Yet. It's one of the greatest. The, the final scene. I was with uh, Jared, my trainer, the other day, and he starts like quoting B Rabbit's final rap. <laughs> Can you pull that up on YouTube? Yeah. Well, I remember going to watch, and we were like, man, Eminem's in a movie. Went this. It's, it's, it's like a semi-biographical pick. So not a full biopic, but it's like roughly Eminem's life. And so in the final scene, not to spoil it, I mean, I guess I can. It's from 2002. You should have seen it by now. It's 17 years old. Um, Eminem is battling it out. Clarence? Is that the guy's name? I think so. Because Clarence has got two loving parents, maybe? <laughs> Something like I don't have anything in front of me. I'm just trying to remember the rhyme. But at the end, it like uh, I think the guy's name's Clarence. It's not his real name. His real name's Clarence. That's not his rapper name. Let's see. Here we go. But this is him in the final scene, uh, deciding to go in on himself. Real name, 
trailer, fuck everybody. Fuck y'all if you got me. I'm a piece of fucking white trash, I say it proudly. And fuck this battle, I don't want to win, I'm outie. Here, tell these people something they don't know about me. One of the best, again, you're talking 2002, but still, and maybe it's like all that time comes rushing back when, but that's, that's such a final, that's such a great, great. scene. I forgot the guy who he's battling against is now the guy in Captain America. That's that dude? Yeah. Wow. I just recognized that. All I remember his name was Clarence. Clarence got real good parents. <laughs> Clarence marriage. Got, yeah, we were just talking about that movie the other day. That 8 Mile, or, and that was just the movie in 2000. I think it does hold up. Listen to it, do you think it was cool? Yeah. Did, 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 did you have Clarence's final uh, battle? I think that's just the clip up there. If you don't, that's all right. I don't even remember what Clarence's was, if, or if he even did anything. That's maybe like Eminem went so hard like on himself, and they couldn't do it. Yeah. And a little bit, I was like, "That's what, that's what I should do." So I, just, so I, I kind of. And then I started thinking I was a battle rapper for a minute. <laughs> so I was like challenging people to I battle. I think everybody rap. did that when yeah, that movie prob- came out. Probably. I remember freestyling in like parking lots. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, we were such losers, <laughs> but we should have been. That's part of it. Um, is there a final scene, a, a hip-hop scene for him, a uh, battle let's scene? Let's see. I think it might just start. Boy, 8 Mile was... Yeah, that's it. That was so, 8 Mile reminds me of like going to watch uh, The Sixth Sense. Is that around the same time? Uh, I think so. Same couple years? Early 2000s, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah, Lose Yourself came out, and I was working on the radio. I was 20, 21, 22 years old, and I, I played Lose Yourself, and I'd play it every 30 minutes on a pop station, and people would want to hear it more. Yeah, Six Sense was '99, so a few mm. years before. I would, I would play. There are only there were only a few songs in my radio career that I it wasn't possible to overplay. Like I would play it, and people would go, "Oh, I know you just played it, but you played again." Because most songs get played too much, and what I mean by that is people go, "Man, I hear this song all, oh, me, <laughs> all the time." And I guess the, the I give you guys the inside inside baseball of that is. Um, and things at times are changing now, but the, the average listener, let's say, listen for 18 minutes or 22 minutes, depending on what you read when you read it. Um, in that 18 to 22 minutes, they want to hear the biggest hits. And so if you do listen for more than that, you're actually going to hear the biggest hits a couple of times probably because most people are only listening for that short p- amount of time. So what you want to do is get the hits into that 18 to 22 minutes. And so that's why, you know, once every hour and 15 minutes, you would hear a song or so. So if you listen for a long time, you hear the same song twice in an hour and 16 minutes even and so but there are a few songs in my radio career and lose yourself was one of them where people just could not get enough of it just it would end and we played again <laughs> all right and, and, and forever uh, and it was part of a movie which is a weird thing too because yeah. now you don't get a lot of songs parts of movies that are that are like part of movies yeah that's kind of phasing out like i think that's something to talk about too um the, the other songs real quick that i remember being so big that people couldn't get enough of it. Uh, 50 Cent in the club. Oh, yeah. When it came out, and I would play that, while it was playing, people would call, while it was on, ask me to play it again. Like, they would hear, boom, doom, go, go, go. And man, we played 50 Cent in the club. It's literally on right now. Yeah, but we played again as soon as you can. Start over. Like, why don't you just listen to it right now? This song, just uh, un- unlike any song. Like straight hip, they had to switch out the chorus. Um, I say unlike any song, I'm giving you four or five songs. <laughs> unlike almost every song, 
uh, Genie in a Bottle from Christina Aguilera. Oh, yeah. When that came out. And I was young. I was a teenager. But I remember playing that one and that. Boom. And right here. And. <laughs> and people would be like, oh, play that, play that Genie song. Genie song. And I'd be like, all right. And that, the phone line, this is the time when people called radio stations. And they still do, but now they call us to talk on the radio more so than request songs. Um, they, they, every phone call would be, would you play Genie song? We play Christina Aguilera, <laughs> Genie song? And I'd be like, all right. Yeah, that was a jam. Um, what other song would fit into that category? Uh, probably Bye 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 from NSYNC. Whenever that record came out, that whole, uh, I believe that's from No Strings Attached. You may Correct. Have, yeah. I don't know if I need fact checked on that or not, but when this song came out, crazy. Bye, bye, bye. You know, a lot of this is when I was still doing music, so I was, you know, just talking in between records. But yeah, boy, this one was freaking humongous. Oh, no. That's it. Um, okay, moving on here. That's a fun little thing. Um, Marshmallow and Bastille. Had happier in 2018. Number two, it was blocked out last year by Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, which stayed number one for seven weeks. And it, it was never able to take the top spot because Ariana Grande for seven weeks. Yeah. Which, by the way, she didn't get much writer credit on this. No. Like Hammerstein and Ballroom or whatever. Yeah. Whatever their names are. <laughs> Martin and Hammerstein? I should know that. Would you mind looking that up for me just so we can say it so I don't get a tweet from someone going, hey, douchebag. I would say if I'm guessing it's Hammerstein. Hammerstein. And Martin and Hammerstein. Because they were, the, they did these are my my favorite things. You can just Google that. Teacups and bedrolls and diapers and poodles. Rogers. Rogers. Ah, I'm such an idiot. That's all right. Uh, BB Rexa on the pop chart, meant to be 2018 at number two. Spent three weeks at number two because uh, this and it was a jam. It was number one in the country, but this was the number two pop song. Um, last year and was there and it's because God's plan God's plan was there for 11 weeks baby lay on back and relax kick your pretty feet up on my dash don't need wow no you know what I've never heard her sing this part oh really I've only ever heard Tyler sing this part Who knows where this road is what mix is this I've never heard this mix this was the radio pop mix the one they played over there I've heard it though with the country guys though they come in on the second part they do yeah so on the country mix, though, Tyler starts it off with yeah. that, that same lyric, huh? Mm-hmm. Who knew? I remember the first time I heard this, I was, listen, I was uh, listening on Satellite, and I heard this song come on. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what that song is. That's one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life, as far as being catchy. <laughs> I immediately loved it. I was like, oh, this is the catchiest song I've ever heard. And it's actually um, changed a bit of songwriting when writing for radio, because this song is just... Sing the hook. Do a little something. Sing the hook. Do a little something. Sing the hook. I mean, they nailed it as far as a fun song goes. And again, I didn't think FGO got enough credit last year for that song. Could have been song of the year. It was so big. 
And I remember the story where BB Rexa went to write the song and thought she was going to write Little Big Town. Oh, yeah. But instead, it was Florida Georgia Line. It was, it was Tyler from Florida <laughs> Georgia Line. Um, but yeah, that was at number two. And God's Plan again was number one for 11 weeks from Drake. God's Plan. God's Plan. I know, I know, uh, Drake on the other end of that was a uh, 2016. He was on the other side of this. He spent five weeks at number two with Hotline Bling. You used to call me on my cell phone. Jeez, song was everywhere. Yeah, yeah people were still talking about this. Um, and that, so this song was at number two for five weeks, but was blocked by two songs. So while it was sitting at number two, it got, it got jumped. But uh, first of all, uh, The Weeknd had The Hills. Which is good, but man, God's Plan, I think, is still the bigger song, right? Or Hotline Bling. Wouldn't you think? Which one? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Hotline Bling. Which one do you think is... Yeah. Oh, it's close it's to you. It's close, though. Oh, Because I still hear this song on the radio all the time. Boy, I don't... From, okay, I'm going to lean, though, on Hotline Bling. If you had to pick one. I would still go to the hills. You would. Yeah. Well, then it was jumped by Adele, Hello. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest songs you've had in five years. Like, bad timing. You're never going to beat this yeah. song. Is that people in the background of that song? I think a YouTube clip is still playing. Oh, in the I was like, damn. <laughs> that must be the album version where people are actually talking on the phone. Uh, 1965, we'll jump back a little bit. Uh, Bob Dylan had Like a Rolling Stone. Like a Rolling Stone. How does it feel? This is arguably Bob Dylan's most famous song and one of the most influential pieces of music, even, I would say, all 1900s. Because Bob Dylan is such a big deal, and it was his biggest song. But when I tell you what the song is, that was, it was the number one, you'll go, oh, okay. It's a bad time, dude. Because the Beatles kept him out with Help. Help me if you can, I'm feeling down. Have you got into the uh, Bob Dylan stuff at all, Mike? I never got into Bob Dylan, no. But not so much even his music, like his story and why he's so influential. and That, yeah, I'm aware of that. I just could never get into his music. Have you watched any Bob Dylan documentaries? I haven't. Read any Bob Dylan books? I just got into like some Reddit threads about him. Okay. And like YouTube videos, but nothing super in-depth. That's junior varsity of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you learn enough about it. And then you, there's, a, there's a new documentary right now on Netflix that... Um, I've watched some of, and I'm not a huge Bob Dylan guy. Eddie's a big yeah. Bob Dylan guy. Um, but I've read I read Bob Dylan's book. Um, and I like some Bob. What's Bob Dylan's most streamed song? I feel like it's that one. Let me see. Because Bob Dylan's, the, the, you know, the, the ultimate poet. Oh, Knocking on Heaven's Door. That is, really? Which um, later on, Guns N' Roses did in the 80s and made it big again. Mama, please, to me. I saw Bob Dylan play live once and didn't understand a word he said the whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Because I don't need any more. What's number two? Uh, like a Rolling Stone. Okay. Times are changing. Ah, oh, times are changing. This is such a jam. That, that's probably my favorite Bob Dylan song. Come gather around, people. Come gather around, people. Tell kind of the one impression I can do, too. Yeah. <laughs> What's number four? Hurricane. I don't even know that one. Play it. This is, I guess I'm such a poser. I should fade out about song four. This newer or older? 
Oh, I recognize it. I do recognize it. I didn't. Again, I'm not a big Dylan guy. 76. Um, what else you got? What's fifth? Blowing in the wind. I know this one. How many roads must a man walk down before he call him a man? You know this one? I do know this one. How many seas? I think I know more from people covering his music than I do. Ah, possibly. That's a good point. Yeah, Bob Dylan was held out by the Beatles. Um, Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud, with 2014. Eight weeks at number two. It's a long time at number two. Ed Sheeran spent a total of eight weeks in that number two spot. He was blocked out by Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson with Bruno Mars, which was number one for nine weeks. Crazy. Uptown Funk. And they were both nominated for Record of the Year at the Grammys. And obviously Ed won. Just kidding. Uptown Funk won. One Record of the Year. Which, by the way, that's the recording of a song. It's like artists, producers, engineers. A lot of people wonder, what's the difference in like record of the year and song of the year? So record of the year, when you, just so you'll be the smart guy to party, because I wouldn't know this either yeah. if I didn't look it up or work in music. Um, record of the year, think of it as like recording. Re- record, record, recording. Um, that's like that Office episode where Michael Scott thinking knows everybody's name. And he's like, Pimple, uh, <laughs> P, uh, Pussycat, Whiskers, Willie, uh, Fat Willy Wonka, <laughs> fat guy, Frank. You're Frank. And he has every person's name because he has some weird thing. And I'm like, now remember, record, like recording, like all the sounds. But that's what record of the year is. It's specific recording of a song. So it's the artists, the producers, the engineers, the entire team that contributes to that song. Whereas song of the year is a songwriter award, which is different than single of the year. Yeah. So there are a lot of them. But just remember, record of the year is the entire recording. You'll be the smart person the next time the Grammys come up. Uh, but yeah, there's that. In 2009, Miley Cyrus had Party in the USA. It was number two for three weeks. Uh, beat out by I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas for one of those weeks, which was a jam. And Jay Sean down for a week. Gnarls Barkley Crazy was at number two for um, seven weeks. And this was a jam. Boom, 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 boom. I remember when I remember when I lost my mind. I was like, man, this is crazy. Gnarls Barkley, who's this dude? And it turned out it was CeeLo and Danger Mouse, right? Oh, is that who it was? I believe you may look that up, but it was CeeLo, who, the singer, obviously. Oh, yeah, Danger Mouse. And Danger Mouse was like the producer. But it was beat out by Nelly Furtado's uh, Promiscuous, who sat at number one forever. And that was Promiscuous Girl. I love Nelly Furtado. Oh, she's up to now, but I used to love her. Nope. Oh, yeah. Didn't this, think so. And this is like Nelly Furtado and Timbaland. He's producing all of her stuff. Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen peaked at number two in 1992 in the United States. Uh, a rare three appearances on the chart, which, by the way, one of the best-selling songs, singles of all time, has sold over six million copies. It was number one in the U.K. for nine weeks, never reached number one in the U.S., in the United States, get this, originally, in 1976, it peaked at number nine. So, when it was first released, like in the movie, if you watch Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. it was at number nine. It goes away. It comes back because of Wayne's World. <laughs> the same song, in 1992, hits number two. Crazy that a song 
15 years later, 16 years, 76, yeah. 86, yeah. Ends up, again, climbing in the chart and getting played so much, not as a novelty or remember this song, but as a, a current song again, it makes it to number two, higher than original. That's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And the song they kept it out, they wore their overalls backwards, <laughs> and so did everybody else. Crisscross jumps. And I wore my jeans to school back when once broke the button and got my butt whooped. <laughs> Did I write that in a book? I may have written that in my first book. I was like, oh. I th- yeah, I think so. God. I, I remember I wore them backward and I only had like two pairs of jeans. And my mom was like, you just broke one of your pair of jeans. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in like fifth or sixth grade too. And I, got a, I remember her being pissed, whooping me. And I was too old to get whooping. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. By the way, recently, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody made a third visit onto the chart after that movie Bohemian Rhapsody hit. Um, it hit the chart at number 33. It holds the record for the 20th century's most streamed song. So the 20th century's most streamed. Was there streaming in the 20th century? Are we in the 21st century now? But I guess the song from the 20th century most streamed. Got it. Yeah. So this, okay. So not, it's not beating Drake. No. But for songs that came out in the 20th century, it's, it's yeah, the most streamed. streamed. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Shania Twain had a number one. Or excuse me, a number two that was never number one. Still the one. Song peaked at number two, becoming Shania Twain's first top ten hit on the pop chart. It still is known as her biggest crossover song. It was the number one in country, but hit number two on the pop chart. And it was blocked out by Too Close from Next, which was number one for five weeks, which was the freaking jam. Yeah. <laughs> it's, about, it's about a dude getting a boner dancing with a girl. <laughs> I just got into radio as a teenager, and we were playing this song. And I was like, I cannot believe I'm playing a song about a dude getting a boner. Because I got boners, and I still do sometimes I dance with girls. Like, you, you just never control it. If like Sometimes they, sometimes girls know. I don't even know universally if girls like that or not. I don't think they like random boners on their leg. You know, if they just had me dancing near somebody and you get a boner. But if, like, they're into you, I still don't know the age-old question. Does she like it if you get a boner on her? <laughs> Now, it's not like your husband or wife, because probably, even then, I don't know, you may hate that. I don't know. But it's just generally speaking, and you're dancing. Like, let's say I'm at the club. Yeah. I don't even go to the club. I go with, I'll go to the bar with Morgan number two, which is kind of clubby, I guess. Consider it the club? Sure. Okay. I go to the club like once every five months. And if I'm dancing with a girl, she's like, oh, it's fun. This guy's kind of cute. And then I get a boner. Is she like, has this guy never danced with a girl before? Or is she like, yes, I did it. That I don't know. And with that question, I'll leave you. you, know, you I don't think I knew that until about five years ago. That's what that song was about. It was about a boner song? <laughs> yeah. That'd be a pretty interesting topic to do. Songs we had no idea the meaning. Yeah. And now we look back and go, oh. A boner, I had no eh? idea. A boner, eh? Uh, that's, that's it. That's songs that peaked at number two and the songs that kept them out. And I'll say again that originally... It was my idea to do songs that peaked at number two, but I think the the entire podcast was made so much more fruitful by your addition, my idea of songs that kept them out. No, it kept them out. I think it made it even. I think that was the whole podcast. Songs that kept them out was more interesting to me than songs that peaked at number two. The songs we had no idea about. Joey D. I'm gonna go get my stream on Joey, <laughs> Joey D. D. Yeah, jo- Joey D. and the Kermit Frog. Let me twist. There you go. Uh, all right. Well. I think I'm going to go back on the front of this. By the time you hear this, well, I've already done it. And put it, uh, hey, 
Heads up, there's a bunch of F-words coming up in the Eminem uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. freestyle. So when we recorded this the first time, as you'll hear, we didn't do this, but I'm about to hop back up on the front of it and, and go, oh, uh, yeah. Okay, thanks thanks for hanging out. Uh, tell your friends about this podcast if you don't mind. Episode 187 of the Bobbycast. Uh, thank you so much. Check out Philip Sweet from Little Big Town. We just did one with him a few days ago. It, very interesting story about Little Big Town success. Um, you know, with Little Big Town, if you want to hear their real backstory, check out the Karen Fairchild one. Or the Kimberly Slapman one. You know, they all have different different takes, and we've talked about different things with them over the years. But check that out. But a good Brett Eldridge one from a year ago, which people still talk about. Oh, yeah. Carrie Edwards, who's Luke Bryan and Cole Swindell's manager, who told some just fantastic stories. Yeah, it's way inside baseball, but that's what this whole podcast is about, like learning about things you probably wouldn't even know. More than just what you see on YouTube or here on the radio or on your phone. So uh, thank you for listening. Always appreciate you. Episode 187 of the Bobbycast. We hope you like episodes like this. Always let us know if you do, because we're always like, do people even like the episodes we don't bring a guest on? Uh, thank you very much. See you next time. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.